0: Welcome to, well, the ultimate episode of The Two Tones for season 2018. It is episode 24. We'll get to that number in a moment. I'm Tony Moclair, joining me as always. Tony DeVolfo, Greetings.
1: historian. Greetings, Tony. How are you? It's well, um, been a long year, hasn't it? It has been
0: a long year. We have reached the end. However, we're at episode 24 and 24. We think of only, well, I think of only one player.
1: Yeah, Agathe Allen, Matty Allen. Great great play for Carlton, wasn't he, through the terrific
0: 90s? terrific player. Loved watching Matty Allen play. And who said Essendon never gave us nothing? <laughs> he was absolutely terrific. Tone, um, it is a special uh, edition of the two tones today. We have the uh, the second-ever winner of the Two Tones B&F, and uh, he's very nervous. <laughs> he's he's with us today. He is in the company of the great Sam Docherty, who won it last year, the inaugural winner of the Two Tones B&F. It's going to surprise a lot of people. This guy was a roughie, he came out of nowhere, and I hope he's sitting down as I announce who is the second winner, the, the two, 2018. Uh, B&F, do you call it that? Do you we do. even have a name?
1: No, we don't have a, a name for it, but it's the Two Titans Awards. it will sit rather comfortably on his trophy shelf. Uh,
0: that is has right? to be a super reinforced trophy <laughs> shelf because it is already groaning under the weight of many an award and, uh, and that's just the beginning. Uh, we speak, of course, of one.
1: Uh, Patrick Cripps. Well Congratulations, Patty.
2: Thanks, guys. It's a massive honour to win the award.
1: Look, Paddy, it's hard to know where to where to begin, but we should start off by acknowledging that um, the accolades are already coming thick and fast. You know, you've been acknowledged in the squad for the All-Australian team. You've finished uh, runner-up to Max Gorn, the coaches' Award. Um, I think it's a fair reflection um, that, you know, good judges, the coaches, uh, nonetheless, uh,
2: uh, have looked at your season and said it was one hell of a year. Yeah, look. Obviously, you don't play for individual awards, but um, yeah, it's always it's always nice to, to get a bit of recognition. Um, it's pretty uh, I was pretty stoked when I found out about the All Australian squad yesterday. Um, sort of a, a a goal, I suppose. You go in at the start of the year; it's something you you like to to achieve. But um, yeah, look, I've, um, probably the preseason set me up for a good year. I've got a got a good run at it, and um, yeah, I was I was able to play all twenty two games, which I was happy with. Do
1: you believe that this year was your coming of age year? And I, I particularly referenced that moment where Mark Murphy uh, went over and you had to shoulder the mantle as captain.
2: You know, do you do you look back on that as a defining moment of your career this season? Um, I wouldn't say it's a defining moment. I, I think um, it was definitely a good learning curve. Um, one thing I did learn though, it doesn't actually change too much on the field. You just sort of Play footy and um, just play, in, play your normal way, and um, that's how I, I did it. Murph was really good along the way, giving me a few tips and how to, how to handle it. The only thing that really changes is the pre game speech, and first few I was a bit nervous for, but um, as it got going, I uh, I suppose I, I got better at it. But um, well, I think, like I said, the pre season this year definitely set my year up. I hadn't had a pre season um, my first four years, so um, I have got my body to a level where I could play higher game time and um, so I suppose once I get started, getting more attention from opposition players, um, got to, I, was, I was a bit stronger this year, so I've been able to handle handle the uh, more attention, which was good.
0: There was widespread uh, fear that because you did play every game, because your, your game style is smash mouth, basically, it's in there. It's it's a really physical form that. Um, the way you were playing and the frequency with which you were playing the, would kill you. The cup Football Club would kill you. How is your body at the end of the year and and what will change in your on-field role next year? Will there be a change? Oh,
2: I, I think um, there obviously has been a fever of media about it this year, but um, I don't look at it too much. It's just the way I play. I've always tried to be harder the ball and the man. and mm. um, Like I've always said, I'm not the best runner. I'm not the quickest guy, so... Um, I have to be hard at it because that's what makes me you able know, to cut at AFL level. So, um, look, I think next year once a few of these young guys get a bit bigger and stronger and uh, we don't get as many injuries, mm. um, I think I'll go forward for a little bit more than playing just all on ball. But, um, mm. look, I really enjoyed this year. I really enjoyed playing with some of the young mids like Zach Fisher and Sam Oseton and Paddy Dow. Mm. Seeing them grow and trying to help them grow it actually uh, is, is really re- re- uh, rewarding. So, um, yeah, look, I'm... I'm definitely excited about next year and I know how much my footy grew um, over the first few years when you you get continuity with um, training and get a bit bigger and stronger. So I think um, them three are going to be pretty special players.
0: Well, do you, I mean, there is no higher accolade, I, I like to say, than the Two Tones Award. I think it's magnificent, personally. So when you win the Brownlow, I like to think that you'll see this as the important first step. But um, 20, 2018, we, from a supporter's point of view, has obviously been a hard year, obviously a hard year in terms of on-field success for you guys. But there has been highlights for you. You've just touched on a few, but what do you take away from season 2018?
2: Um Oh, look, it's, it was a frustrating year, there's no question about that, um, especially when you win the first two JLTs in the pre-season, you mm. have pretty high expectations, um, not knowing what you could achieve, but um, I suppose injuries um, definitely were a frustrating part, and not only did we have a few season-ending injuries, we had a few where guys couldn't get continuity mm. with, their, with their training and playing, also we couldn't get continuity with the set side all year. When you look at teams like Richmond, they've... So they had a similar time, a similar side most of the year. So uh, we had, I reckon, about five in every mm. week throughout the whole year. So it's pretty ugly continuity. But look, there's a lot of good learning curves. I think it's um, look, we, we did finish last and we only won two games. So it's a, it's a good reflection that um, look we definitely got to still raise the bar with with um, training standards and, and things like that. Which it's definitely not effort baseding. That's one thing. Uh, I think it's clear these young guys and a lot of the guys at the club are working working really hard to, to try and, try and, um, I suppose, rise up the ladder, but mm. um, there's been a lot of different circumstances which we don't make excuses for, it's just the way it was this year, and um, I know the whole group's pretty motivated going into this off-season to try and get better.
1: You're well-placed, obviously, uh, Paddy, to talk about um, needs and, you know, uh, team needs, you know, um, and it's obviously going to be a fairly frenetic period, the, the pre-draft uh, trading period and the draft itself. Um, what what are your views on on you know what type of player would really help bolster this this young group of um, senior
2: players? Yeah, obviously, um, uh, I suppose a sort of inside outside mid would be would be really handy. Um, I think it's probably more the age bracket that we need to target. I think we've got a lot of good young talent. It's just undeniable we've got a lot of serious talent coming through. We just got a bit of a hole between the sort of 22 to 27 sort of mark. And I mean, the older guys like the Murph, and Cruz and all them guys, they're, they're top-end talent as well. And so I think there's just a big hole in the list in the middle part where you look at all the good teams, a lot of their list, their age de- demographics of their lists are in that spot. So um, it's no secret why they're, those sides are performing well. They got about, I don't probably 60 to 100 games into the guys, which I think is when guys really start to learn how to play their best footy. So, we got a lot of young guys, but if we can get three or four in the door that are between sort of 22 and 27, I think, uh, will really help. Plus, the obviously, you get Doherty back and get some continuity in guys that haven't had a good run, like so guys like Matty Kennedy and players like that. So um, even Cruz had a, had a, and Murph had a uh, tough year of injury, so get them guys back fit and firing it turned pretty quick.
1: Can I ask you about mindset? Because, you know, you look back on the season, and uh, if you look at the, you know, in terms strictly of results – the season's effectively done and dusted. Probably six weeks in. Mm. How do you keep yourself, you know, motivated? Uh, I mean, you've, you, the, the year, the long the year has gone on for you. The better it seems you've played. But how have you been able to, you know, keep your your mind on the task when, you know, to those of us looking outside, the season's effectively done and dusted in in May. Yeah,
2: look, it's from outside you can see how it'd be tough, but you got to. Realise you you spend your whole childhood dreaming of playing AFL and even though some games might be a dead rubber, it's still you've got a chance to play AFL and uh, I suppose pulling the cup and Guernsey. So something I never take for granted. And um, really, if you look at your whole lifetime, you're lucky to get 10 years out of a playing career. So um, if you look at one season, you might be done by sort of round five and six and you waste the rest of the year, then um, you're missing a pretty good opportunity to play AFL footy. So um, yeah, that's how I look at it. I also look at a lot of... I suppose team and self pride, and um, I really hate playing a bad game. It eats away at me, so um, always am motivated to try and play well every week.
1: And does it the coach? I suppose the challenge there for for the coach also is to keep the group, you know, on the on the task at hand and to keep them motivated. It seems that there is a, a pretty good spirit amongst the group as a collective.
2: Oh, without a doubt, it's um, you look at if you look at most teams that we say two and twenty at the end of the year, you think that. I suppose the club would be a, a bad place to come and it would be a really negative environment. But um, i can tell you one thing, the vibe around the place throughout the whole whole year has been really positive. And um, I know everyone enjoys coming to work and working hard. So um, as much as this year was tough, I still really enjoyed the year around the place. And um, I know a lot of these guys are motivated to, to get better quicker. And um, I know I am and um, I think it, it will happen quickly.
0: You mentioned the, the increased attention you had on the field this year, which is just, a, I guess, a mark of opposition's respect for you. What's it been like for, for you, Patrick Cripps, off-field this year with your increased profile in a day-to-day sense? What difference has that made? Is it easier to get into nightclubs? Is it, uh, uh, are there more free hamburgers? How did, what sort of difference does it make?
2: Um I, as you sort of, I suppose, get higher up the ranks into the leadership sort of thing, you definitely have more off-field commitments um, mm-hmm. with the club and, I suppose, appearances through your management group. But, um, well, look, I think, to be honest, after my second year probably the, the time I found it sort of the most full-on because you go from just being sort of no one and um, just a normal person and go to anywhere and just have a quiet beer till you sort of walk down the street and you get noticed yeah. a fair bit. So. That was probably the the toughest year in terms of the transition, just getting used to it. But um, I like I'd I don't really take too much more notice into it. It's just, just trying to be myself and uh, surround myself with good people, and not trying to overthink it too much.
0: Because it's a bit hard for you to hide. You're what six six now? What are you What are you at in the yeah, old scale? Six 6'5. Six, yeah. Five. It's yeah. A, okay. Finally stopped growing. Which is
2: good. <laughs>
0: um, now, now you, just a quick one. You, you mentioned it just in terms of the the I guess the the playing group and the potential for next year how much growth do you have to go in terms of your game how do you uh, how do you assess yourself and in what more potential can be exploited by you in 2019
2: you look at I, I don't know I'm pretty I'm a really self driven person so um, there's definitely a few avenues in, of the game I want to keep improving I want to kick more goals uh, I feel like I started to do that the back half the year um, but also I think will also come as this team builds some chemistry and um, we start learning really how to play together at a, at a really high level and um, I know I can still get fitter and stronger. Like last year was my first full pre-season, but even then I didn't... Because I come off my broken leg, I still... Before Christmas, I was still restricted a little bit. So um, I'm pretty keen to see what I can do in, in, um, in 29 with a full pre-season, but I'm pretty keen to see what the actual team can do when we start really um, gelling. I think we've started... Especially in the midfield, you start to learn to play the guys, especially the young guys, like I mentioned before, Zachy Fisher, Sam O'Seaton, um, Paddy Dier, even guys like Matty Kennedy... Darcy Lang had an injury injury um, um, season, so pretty keen to see what we can do once we all start sort of getting together, playing more consistently.
1: I know you probably prefer to talk team, Patty, but you know you look at the uh, what you've achieved on an individual basis this year and it, it speaks for itself. Um, how do you get on with the umpires?
2: <laughs> I always want to shake the hand before the game. <laughs> no, I... Did, like, well, I actually got a few free kicks this year, but um, yeah, sometimes i got to I bite my tongue. I, I can uh, give out a, a decent spray every now and then when I feel like I'm getting held too much. But um, nah, just go about your business. The
1: club's only ever had five medalists on um, Brownlow night in its history. And um, I mean, I, I suppose if you were to you know, to get the, the gong this year, you, you will have made history of yourself to, to win it from a team that's finished last. And yet the numbers don't lie, and and we've already seen, you know, through the coaches that you you have been recognised. Realistically speaking, what sort of chance do you give yourself of winning the Browlow?
2: I I don't think I I have much of a chance. I think it's pretty hard when you win two games. Um, We've had some good games this year, but um, I think you look at some of the the guys that are are right up there in terms of Tom Mitchell, Max Gorn, um, um, they're all in the sort of top four sides. They're going to be winning games, and I think historically teams that win... Obviously, you know, in the sort of top four to top six, you win the Brownlee medal, so. Uh,
1: in saying that, do you have to prepare a speech? Just in <laughs> oh, case? I
2: don't, I don't think I'll prepare anything. I think I'll go into the night, try and uh, tip a few quiet <laughs> ones back and uh, relax and have a bit of fun of it. does go my way, I'm sure we'll celebrate uh, a fair bit, but I'm uh, not expecting too much. Good luck there. Um, yeah,
1: uh,
0: now, what is involved in the off season? You've, you've got a very full dance card.
2: Yeah, just, I'll get away, chase me the sun. Um, to get to Thailand, Bali, back to Perth for a fair bit of it. So,
0: and um, you'll spend Christmas in Bali? Oh, sorry, in uh, Perth. Be yeah,
2: yep. yeah. So, about the next three months, I'll probably be out of out of Melbourne. So, I'm pretty keen to get back around family and, and mates back home and um, just relax and yeah, get out of the footy bubble for Rich. it would be nice. There's yeah. no
1: volcanic activity happening in Bali at the moment, is there? We we want to make sure we get you back
2: in one piece. I won't say no. If it's the last day of a trip and I get stuck there for another week, it'd be yeah. Hang okay, on, please no motorbikes
0: in Thailand. Just stay off those. You <laughs> Yeah, There um, no, so we go.
1: No, no, and and Paddy, you've recommitted to the club, I think, till the end of two thousand and twenty-one. Yeah. Um, two thousand and twenty-one comes around. Where, where do you hope this team will
2: be at by then? I, I, well, uh, hopefully we have played finals um, before then. Um, look, I, I can. You only got to look at teams like Melbourne. It can jump quick. Richmond, obviously. The year before, but I sort of more compare myself uh, to Melbourne, just with their age demographic. They were probably two years um, ahead of us, and um, I remember two years ago they were they were down, um, struggling to, to win too many games, and then obviously you got young talent coming up. And once they get to that sixty to hundred games experience, it can go pretty quick. So um, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic that as long as you work hard and uh, everyone stays fit and healthy, and I uh, hope we get a few guys in. Um, yeah, we'll be out of the ladder.
0: Do you see the captaincy as something that uh, you would either want or would would gladly accept?
2: I've definitely, uh, I suppose, over the last couple of years, developed my leadership um, along with guys like Sam Doherty to mm. to put ourselves in a position where if it did come our way, we're we're ready to to lead lead the club. And um, yeah, look, it's it's um, I know Murph's done a, a fantastic job in the probably Carlton's darkest period over mm. the last six six years he's been batted pillar post, but the way he fronts up every week, Um, I use him as a really uh, good mentor for me and um, got a lot of advice off him along the way. So um, yeah, I (laughs) I respect him a lot for what he's gone through.
0: Well, Paddy, we're thrilled that you, uh, you could drop in here to Two Tones Headquarters. Received the gong. Not only that, but you've literally got the chocolates. We've got some limp balls for you, so that's yeah. that's uh, our sign to you that it is the off season. You can let the belt out a few notches, come back as uh, as big as a house, <laughs> or, or not. No. We'd prefer you didn't. Leave that to me, Todd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, congratulations on a great season. It has been a great season. You are, as far as you know, the fans go. Watching you play is is proof that. Uh, the recruiters know what they're doing here. And um, you're the sort of player that excites fans, you know, like the way Kuda did, and, and that is uh, that is a very fitting comparison. So congratulations on a great year and, and getting the gong and all the best for 2019.
2: All right, thanks guys, Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Uh,
0: now, Tone, great thrill to have uh, the Cripper in, but we uh, we still have a little bit of housekeeping to do on this, the final episode of the Two Tones for 2018. Um uh, I, we have to say, well played to Adelaide, uh, beating Carlton by 105 points. Not the note we wanted to end the season on. No. Um, but, uh, and maybe it would be uncharitable to say that game was emblematic. Oh, that would be I? maybe uncharitable. But... Uh, we have to get your three votes for the game. Yes. And we're just going to quickly cover off that.
1: We are indeed, Tony. And the great man uh, who graced the studio with his presence a moment ago has once again um, featured uh, uh, in the in the votes. I went with Cam um, uh, uh first and foremost, Tone. I gave him a vote. Yeah. Uh, a little big man in midfield who I think uh, is making real inroads and um, good on him. He's a, he's a great fellow and uh, I wish him well for 2019 and beyond. Two votes to Harry Mackay. I think you know to to put three over the goal his hat. Yeah, and a tough day at the office. Um, you know was was a great effort and a good and, sign. And a good sign. And, and he really has made inroads. And you know he's one of those players, in whom we all see the future yeah. of Carlton. Yeah. Fantastic. And three votes to the great man uh, P Cripps. Um, was a pleasure to uh, hear hear his thoughts, Tony and um and learn a little bit about what drives him, what actually drives him at the elite level of Australian rules football, what a season he's had. And um, I think he's going to be thereabouts when, um, when the, um, the Brownlow medalist name is called.
0: He seriously has to be.
1: Well, on the sheer weight of numbers, you you know, he he has to be noticed. And, you know, you made the, you asked him about his height. What is he? Six five in the Imperial. I mean, he's a standout in midfield, isn't he? And, um, Good luck to him um, on Brownlow night, it's, uh, and you know for the future of the um, of the Carlton Football Club. It's magnificent that he's re-signed. Yeah. And in terms of the captaincy, all I'll say there, Tone, is um, if I was a Carlton player, I wouldn't mind uh, running out behind him onto the MCG every you week. Follow
0: him into battle.
1: Absolutely. You would. You just, would. You
0: would. And just on something that that he said. Uh, which you don't hear, I don't think, well, maybe often enough. Um, given his stellar season, it's a it's an honour and a privilege to pull on uh, to pull on the jumper. And uh, you know, he's kind of pinching himself that he's playing at AFL level.
1: Well, I that's think. right, and that's what drives him. You know, in a in a year where we we're looking on and we say, well, geez, this is going to be a, a another tough tough year. We'll say, Tony, um, the the um, the scribes and the media people, you know. Have not been kind to us. It's fair to say, mm. and yet, uh, though it's been documented, this was at least statistically speaking Carlton's worst season in what 117 years yeah. since 901, 902. That 55,000 members uh, really is is a phenomenal yeah. performance, and um, I think that to me tells me that the that the the members members see. Direction. They understand mm-hmm. what what the club is trying to do in in this rebuild, and that in the likes of Cripps, but now more particularly Harry McKay, um, oh, you know God, Charlie O'Brien, Kurnow, yeah, Fisher, Dow, O'Brien Dow, um, and and with you know hopefully the the big inclusions of Williamson and Doherty and the like yes. next year. Uh,
0: and uh, to say nothing of the draft picks that would you know that we might get, and, and the planned. and the possible
1: trades yeah. that we get into the club, and we've heard from Paddy Cripps that you know we're looking for inside and outside run. Um, quickly, the the complexion of the team changes, yep. and um, as as Pat himself said, um, the more games we get into these young fellows uh the quicker we're going to improve as a as a collective. So there is a lot to look forward to, Tony. Um amidst the doom and gloom of a mm. you know a hundred point plus thrashing at the weekend and uh I do recall a similar scenario when we lost to North in the last time away round some years ago, I think it was Spider Burton's last game for North, and you walk away from it, you know, with your head down thinking, you know, where are we going? Well I, I think we are making Inroads and results wouldn't suggest that right now, but but we do see uh, the light in terms of those players that that I've mentioned taking Carlton forward.
0: Well, yeah, the prospects for next year are definitely exciting. You mentioned Cunningham. I know there's a lot of supporters very very much looking forward to him getting a good preseason, then and a good run, injury free run. And uh, whoever's cap we ran over all those years ago, we like to think that you know we've paid our debt. And can the football gods please small smile kindly upon us next year well, as far as injuries go. That's all well, we
1: asked. That's a fair point. And and maybe there was a little glint in that um football gods eye at the weekend tone where the news came through that Charlie Kernow yeah. had actually escaped a serious knee injury. So um his minor ligament damaged the knee, yep. He'll he'll get over that in a hurry and I'm sure his preseason won't be interrupted. So, you know, when you see a bloke of his stature go over, you, you know, your heart's yeah, in your mouth. But yeah. but thankfully he got through uh, uh, without serious concern and um, and uh, we look forward to Sir Charles Curnow strutting his stuff once again um, from 2019 onward. all
0: we'll to say nothing of his great brother Ed, um, who's a, a, a fan of the podcast as we He know. loves it, Tone. Now, um, yeah, so Tone, can I just ask you, well, number one, it's been... Uh, despite the, the lack of on-field success, I've loved every week of doing this podcast with you. It's a pleasure and a delight every week.
1: And me, you, Tone. It's been uh, fun, hasn't it?
0: Um, and we, we're very lucky to have just had a magnificent producer in Lucy Jamison, who has done a magnificent job. She does Thank a lot you, of background Luce. research. Um, she uh, she uh, you know, edits out my numerous errors. She makes me look good. She's a superstar. Now, Tony, can I ask you what you're looking for in, in Carlton as far as season 2019 goes?
1: Well, well, I think I, I am. Our season, in some respects, is yet to come, and I'm talking about the 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 pre-draft, the trade period, yeah. and the draft proper. I, I, I think I'm looking forward to the the new influx of players, whether you know they are seasoned players, hopefully they are, and the youth uh, of tomorrow. We're obviously. in impeccably placed in terms of our selections and and so forth. And uh, one of the highlights for me, Toad, always is draft night where I get the opportunity to talk to uh, the new talent for the first time. And um, I think when you look back on a a tough year, a highlight I recall was actually ringing up um, young Schumacher in Bendigo the night that he was drafted. Uh, a lifelong Carlton supporter, his room was adorned with t- posters of Carlton players and teams, and and I can still hear his reaction over the phone the night I called him moments after his name was called, and it was like, oh, oh, oh I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> it was like in one tat. Great. And uh, when you hear that. That's what you want to hear. Players that want to be at the at the joint and really want to give their all to the club. And um, in an era now where you know a kid from Garton Street could end up uh, over at Fremantle or vice Mm. versa, it's um it's refreshing to hear a a player really want to be at at the place um, that to which he's been drafted. So, so. I 'm looking forward to that, Tony, that period of time where the where the names are called on draft night, and hopefully we can uh, SOS can you know pull a rabbit out of a hat and get some um, decent experience into the place because we do need it yeah. um, uh, and then roll on two thousand and nineteen i 'm really looking forward to mm. seeing the likes of harry and, and and Charlie and Fisher and as you said, Dale O'Brien yeah. you know furthering their careers and becoming bona fide serious players for Carlton at senior level.
0: Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the song a lot more often, but let's be honest, in 2019, it sometimes doesn't take much to please the Carlton faithful. In 2019, we beat Essendon. That's just... In 2018, uh, 2018, in 2018. In 2018, we beat Essendon, and that's important.
1: And I, and I think in retrospect, it might have been the, the, the win that put Essendon out of finals contention too, so... <laughs> Oh, is not lost, Tone. It's um, yeah. what, a, what a beautiful Jeez. thing that is. Yeah. I just had the great pleasure uh, of interviewing to camera uh, yeah. for the club, uh, Fraser the Dogman Brown. Uh, we uh, we caught up at the Great Northern Hotel, yeah, <laughs> which was probably appropriate enough. <laughs> and uh, and Fraser, it must be said, has reflected on on that you know, stellar moment in 1999 oh and uh, when we, we knocked over Eston against all odds. Yep. And um, um, we are just talking about, there's a famous photograph that he alluded to, Tony, uh, that was taken right on siren time by, I think, an age photographer from ground level looking up to Fraser in the centre of the MCG with his arms outstretched and the Great Southern stand behind him, swallowing him up. Yeah. And it, he said, I've got that photograph oh. at my house at home. and he, And he said, that photograph is... Euphoria. Yep. That that all that is is euphoria. And um, I, I was thinking of that photograph and I think that is a sort of photograph that you'd love to see plastered yeah. up here because yes. that's the moment to which Patrick Cripps and all these players would aspire yeah to, to savouring the moment. It's fleeting, you know, the the great moments um, only come along, you know, so often. But, you know, to Patrick and all the boys, I'm sure that you know they would they would give their eye teeth to be there for a moment like that and, and that's oh, but, what we all want to see, don't we? The we to,
0: well, there was a great photo not so long ago of uh, Jack Sylvani on a, a night that we won
1: in, in the, the rain, rain yeah, singing in the rain. Photo. I remember yeah. it, and he was wearing the blue stone top. Yes. I recall, and uh, you could see the rain and, permeating, and,
0: yeah, and, and everything that win meant to him. Yes, and, um, having listened to Jack Reebel kick his six hundredth over the weekend and the, the roar of the crowd, and you can understand how intoxicating that is to a player and how much that means. And and just how much that would course through your veins if you're you're getting that sort of reaction from a packed stadium.
1: Yes, and I think that when it happens, Tony, when when you know um, when winning becomes habitual as yep. it as it always did at Carlton, and the players get that that sense, you know, that okay, there's no turning back now. We we are we are pushing on. That it's going to be it's going to be an irresistible surge. Yeah. I feel uh, towards. You know where we belong—the upper echelons of the of I the league ladder—and and I always say to people that's going to be a a, a very sweet experience to savor because uh, we've been down a long time. Yeah, but um, we'll be back. I've We're, got no we, doubt about we it. We
0: need that blue bag of swagger back. Let's we have do, it. Thank and you. I will be strutting the promenade or <laughs> I got street with you, Tony. All right. Um, look, thank you to everyone who supported the Two Tones podcast over the course of uh, 2018, as we know. Not the easiest season, but we really do value your uh, support uh, and uh, the support that we receive.
1: We have. Have you got a song to go out with, ah, Tom?
0: Well, um, I wish there was a song saying, Lucy, you've done a magnificent job, but there's not. Um I'm, I'm, well, there's Lucy
1: in the Sky with Diamonds. Okay, well, right. like, why we like do don't we do that? sounds like a good one. Why don't we do that? So Paul won't object to us um, going with that to sign So thank you no. to Lucy. Thank you to thank everyone you who's uh,
0: who's listened to the Two Tones podcast throughout the season of 2018. And uh, all going well, we'll join you next year. So Tony DeBolfo. Signing off, Tone. Thank you, listeners. Tony Moeclay, thanks again, and catch you season 2019. God Go. luck.